I'm Leanne Mabry from Tagging the Seam, and I'm an outcast. Wrote OV4 Episode 12, The Man Who Talks to Twinkies. Earl Andrich bring you superhero talk. Is Jack Black tastier than Paul Giamatti and Dr. Horrible sing-along blog? Thankfully, they do not sing in this episode. Roto. Podcasting's Rich Bigford and StrangerThings.tv's Earl Newton. Comedy. It's what we do. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome to Requiem of the Outcast, Roto version 4, episode 12. Now, you may have recognized the fact that episode 10 had Earl, and what I'm trying to do is I'm actually trying to go every even numbered episode, being one of uh, Earl and myself, and then those odd numbered ones are going to be just extra content thrown out in the middle of the month. So the even numbered episodes, which following the Star Trek theme are usually the, the good ones, because it's Earl's uh, also on the show, there but those will be coming out at the uh, first of every month, and the extra content's going to be just throughout the middle of the month for basically as long as I've got stuff. And thank you stuff for stealing my joke. Unreleased. Great job there. That was very good. I was totally going with the Star Trek thing. I was about to go, and if you... Oh. <laughs> See, we are entirely too like-minded. I think that's the problem. Exactly right. But we were going to be covering a lot of things today. Uh, obviously, a few really good shows that are out there wanted to talk about, like Middleman, and maybe even talk a little bit about BSG, because uh, I think you followed it, correct, Earl? I have a little bit. Uh, actually, what I've been following most of all is the new series that's going to be coming out, Caprica. Um, I've I've... Well, read an advanced script of it, and it's good. It's really good. Well, awesome. We'll talk a little bit about that. And, of course, the reason why I wanted to talk about BSG is because the uh, 11th episode featured an interview I did with Richard Hatch. No, not the naked guy. The guy who played Apollo on the original series of Battlestar Galactica, as well as Zarek on the new show. And, of course, uh, really, he's more known for his stint as the uh, the rookie partner on Streets of San Francisco. But we're also going to cover a little bit of Dark Knight. Earl, you're going to talk about it tonight. That's right. Or t- today, uh, because you saw it last night. I personally will not be seeing it until next weekend. Now, that's, uh, that is actually interesting. I've been making notes even now. I did get to see it last night. Um, uh, no spoilers. The one thing I will say, we'll go into it later, but... <clears throat> excuse me. The one thing I will say is uh, do not get your hopes up. It is a great film, but I think it's a great film that suffers from some hype. So if you go in thinking it's the greatest film, it's going to be the greatest film of all time, you're going to be a little disappointed only because nothing can hit as good as you think it's going to be. Do you know what I mean? I watched it last night with a huge group of friends, and all of us loved it. We thought it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It was easily one of the best comic book movies we'd ever seen. But something we all agreed upon is we wish someone hadn't told us it was going to be one of the greatest comic book movies we'd ever seen. Because our, our expectations were so high that even though the movie did hit it, it just sort of just barely hit it. So it was, like I said, a great film that suffers from a little bit of overhype. Really great film. So should we but, should we just not talk about it? Oh, no. I've got a whole list of things to tell you about. It's well, but great. we don't want to like add to the, the hype. Oh, I know. I promise. I won't. I won't overhype it. I, okay. Uh, it sucks. The movie sucks. The okay. Movie there we go. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're the counter hype. Christian Bale. The Requiem yes, of okay. the Outcast is the counter hype. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, we've got a few things to cover, and uh, there is something that I did want to bring up, is that the show uh, this month is actually sponsored by somebody. This is uh, fantastic. This is something new. Um, that This episode is actually brought to you by the letter D, following its removal of sponsorship from Sesame Street. It, oh, fantastic. It's fo- I had heard about that. Yeah, it's following that whole Cookie Monster abandoning of his former dessert-themed diet kind of a thing. Uh-huh. Although Cookie Monster did have this to say. Me tired of people judging me new lifestyle. You can all kiss me ass. I'll probably go back and re-record that, make it sound better. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's better if you don't, and then you just leave in the explanation <laughs> as to what you're trying to do. I'll fix that in post. Yeah. Crap! <laughs> well, there no. was no post. <laughs> the reason why is because I peaked like a motherfucker. Hold on, let me try it again. <clears throat> me tired of people judging me new lifestyle. You can all kiss me ass. So they're clearly in. Cookie Monster very, uh, very angry. There's no question on that. Yeah. A um, couple of things then. <laughs> before we go further, there's, there's a segment that I wanted to do, and uh, it is about Batman. And since I've got it right here, I want to I do it. Okay. Um, obviously, you guys realize that in the dynamic of the show this week, or this month rather, uh, there's sort of, it's sort of unbalanced, you see, because Rich has not seen Batman, and I have seen Batman. So today, what I'd like to do is present you with a list of spoilers that I'm not going to tell Rich. Should I plug my ears at this point in time? No, no, no. By all means. Don't, don't worry. I'm not going to tell you. Oh, okay. Um, the very first one, obviously, is uh, in the new Batman movie, you can expect uh, Michael Keaton to show up and sue Christian Bale for custody of Alfred. <gasps> That no. actually happens in the movie. It's crazy. That's it's that's yes. Oh my god. The second thing is, and this is actually this this sort of leans towards Heath Ledger's Oscar nomination. Uh, there is a full frontal shot of the Joker. Oh. And, and yes, it there is a spade right where it should be. Which I have uh, actually unre- unfortunately seen Christian Bale's penis in a movie. I don't remember what movie. Probably because I've blocked it from my mind. And no, it, oh, it's good when you leave it vague like that, Rich. Oh, I, I've seen a man naked. And no, it wasn't Newsies. <laughs> get it right here um, unrelated by the way to the full frontal nudity is a full on tongue kiss with Jake Gyllenhaal completely unrelated uh, does not happen in the same scene but there is some nice references did he come in as the cowboy or something is, was that was he like a, a masked vigilante that's it well I don't want I don't want to give away spoilers. Oh, okay. The yeah. the final thing, the final spoiler <laughs> that I am not going to give away to you, Rich, okay. is uh, when you watch the movie. Mm-hmm. They did a system similar to what they've done in former Batman movies, where they combine villains. There's more than one villain here. Oh, really? Yes. Although the Joker is one of the primary villains, the other primary villain uh, that Batman has to fight throughout the entire movie is Bulimia. <laughs> A, fe- That's who a he's female supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just him. It just- <laughs> oh, he's so fighting it's- bulimia. Oh, see, it's through not most of the movie. It's more yeah, of an like internal it, like struggle. like there are people dying. And literally, there's this awesome scene right about midway through the movie where um, the Joker has all these people kidnapped, and uh, he's saying he's going to kill them, but they got to do the certain thing. It's sort of jigsaw esque yeah. in its nature. And then while that's going on, they've got the bat signal out. Everyone's looking for Batman. They can't find him. Alfred goes to the bathroom. Batman's throwing up. <laughs> is he bat yacking? He is. He totally <laughs> is. He is tossing his bat cookies. Worshipping at the porcelain bat throne. That's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> so, And if you notice, he's got these really well-sculpted cheekbones. <laughs> they didn't just get there for, a reason, for, for no reason. Christian Bale starved himself for this movie. So, yes, he was 
he was fighting bulimia for the majority of the movie. That, in fact, is what the Dark Knight refers to. So, oh, the dark, see, I thought it was just like a drunken night where he and the Joker made out. No, again, that would be Jake Gyllenhaal earlier in the film. That That's J- part of the Joker's origin story. Oh. I don't want to get too far into it. Okay, but there's a there's Jake Gyllenhaal and there's some full frontal nudity, and then Ang Lee shows up with the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> And almost threatens to sort of ruin the film. He's one of those sub-villains. He's sort of like like Mr. Freeze from uh, Batman and Robin. He's like not necessarily one of the main ones, but certainly one of the villains that's sort of threatening to destroy everything. But, of course, Bulimia is the main villain. See, now I know you're full of shit on the last one because Marvel and DC would not make a movie together. See, that's that's what I thought, too. And that's that's why the movie is so great, because they blend these things together. In fact, uh, interesting story, my brother has actually said that DC cannot make a good superhero movie. And I said, what about Batman? He said, actually, Batman is Marvel's adopted son. <laughs> so they don't actually, DC doesn't actually have claim to Batman anymore. I know that they sort of put their tag in the beginning, but as it turns out, Marvel officially got custody of Batman like some time ago, because he's actually a true, dark, cinematic superhero. Mm-hmm. And uh, DC is deciding to go more with their tried and true, which is sort of garish, carnival-esque mm-hmm. costume superheroes with no bearing on reality. That's really the market they're trying to hit. Well, in all fairness, it does seem, especially after Superman, that the DC heroes have all been extremely emo when it comes to movies. Which is why when Marvel did it in, in Spider-Man that it just didn't work out all that well. Because the, Marvel has never been about the emo, but DC always is. I mean, let's look at the movies. you got, uh, well, no, Punisher is Marvel, I think. But you've got... Punisher is Marvel. You've got Batman, Superman. I, I, th- I sort of think of Punisher as sort of like the, the half-bastard of Marvel. They don't, they don't really claim him, but yeah. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's kind of the drunk uncle. It just beats people exactly up all right. the time. <laughs> the Punisher touched me. <laughs> Show us on the doll where the where the, where the Punisher Dolph touched, you. touched you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he touched me in my childhood. <clears throat> well, but I mean, what other DC heroes have have come to the big screen? We've got Superman. Uh, Batman. Let's see. Well, technically, they had the Flash, which was was you know I, I wouldn't really call it an abortion of cinema, but certainly unless it was you directed know, by Uwe Boll. Then Doctor maybe, maybe, Uwe Boll. I would say maybe it's more like 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 um like a puppy that you know you should put down, but it's so cute you don't want to. That's what I would call it. It is the, the old yeller of cinema. It really is. I, I seriously I feel like Stan Lee should they, they should have just a little short clip on the internet where Stan Lee just takes out a shotgun and goes and shoots the flash. <laughs> because someone has to be man enough to do it and Mr. Lee is certainly is certainly the man for the job. When he shoots, does he say Excelsior? Exactly right. I'm sorry, true believer. But he doesn't shout it. He says it with one tear rolling down his cheek. (laughs) And then then he waves them goodbye. Actually, interesting story as well. I was in a comic book store a while back. I found this thing called, If Stan Lee (laughs) Had Written DC Comics. Oh, really? It's real. And he really did do this limited edition. I didn't really get to read the full thing, but he got to do this limited edition where he basically rewrote... The more the DC characters in a more realistic style and that sort of thing. Um, I thought it was actually kind of interesting because he has this enormous, almost apologetic introduction <laughs> where he's like, well, you know, we wouldn't, I'm not saying that I'm any better than anyone else or anything. It's just fun to get to play with all these great artists. And basically it was fun just because he's saying, you know, 
they do suck, and we all know they suck, but I'll try to fix them. But don't think that I'm going to do this all the time, okay? <laughs> so, yes, uh, uh, definitely Stan Lee should, should be the one to put the Flash out of his misery. Aquaman uh, technically did have a movie, but it was adapted by Kevin Costner turned into Waterworld. Which just goes to show how <laughs> fucked up the Hollywood development cycle is. By the end, every, by the end, everybody else lived in the water, and he was the only other one. So yeah, I don't picture that uh, Aquaman would drink his own pee, though. You don't. You clearly don't. I mean, where does where is Aquaman getting his income from? He's got to do something. I mean, it's not. Was he a fisherman? <laughs> He's got to do something for sustenance. He works for Gordon. He sold out his people. <laughs> That's what he, he can't. He can't like eat fish. I mean, that would because that would just look bad at Sunday, you know, church or whatever. You know, you show up with all the other fish, and they're like, "So where's J- where's Bob?" And then they all look really accusingly at Aquaman. And he's like, "Hey, Bob was the slow one. Fish got to swim. Aquaman's got to eat." <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, actually, both of those have to happen if anyone wants to stay alive. <laughs> or otherwise, what is he going to do? See, that would actually be kind of interesting. I think. Uh, I mean, because even if he eats seaweed, can't the seaweed talk to him? There's literally nothing in the ocean he can eat. It's I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example, Rich. It would be the equivalent if you had amazing Twinkie power. Hmm. And you could hear everything the Twinkies were saying. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, they could they could hold you to it when you ate one of their brothers. And you're just like, look, I just, just, just let me explain. You're like, your power is nothing. You're basically just sent as a plague upon our people. You don't help Superman. So, although I think I would probably be cast in a lot of Kevin Smith movies. Would you really? Because <laughs> he loves him some Twinkies. Although, what about Weird Al and the Twinkie Wiener sandwiches? Would that be some kind of weird hybrid? Like, what would happen? Would they be? Would they be talking differently? I think that would sort of be like the Twinkie equivalent of the horrific uh, Mengele experiments in in the Holocaust. They're just like, why Twinkies and hot dogs together, and why? So, okay, I'm picturing Do- the Island of Doctor Moreau too. You've got it. Bam, That's right where it there. is. And Val Kilmer will come back to play the hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> he would do that. At this point in his career, he would do that. Only if Kenny Loggins is providing the uh, the main theme. Exactly right. And not only that, but he has to not be able to memorize his lines. He has to be able to mumble his lines. Oh, and we but, could get Marlon Brando back posthumously mm-hmm. uh, using all of his dialogue from On the Waterfront. <laughs> or better yet, we could just make him the silent hot dog. <laughs> and they just turn him on the spit the whole movie. And there's drama there. There it is. That is true. And, you know, at the very end, you can just excerpt Apocalypse Now, the horror. <laughs> you're, uh-huh. a grocery, you're a grocery clerk. You're an errand boy sent by grocery clerks to collect a hot dog. <laughs> you just get somebody else to add in hot dogs. You know? <laughs> like it's a bad PAX uh, edit exactly, of, a, just, of, of a Tarantino flick. Exactly. You just tack that in at the end. <laughs> to, to collect a hot dog. Uh, dude, I think, I think the man who talks to Twinkie should be a Stranger Things episode. <laughs> the man who talks to Twinkies. The man who talks to Twinkies. Do a B movie version, or or maybe there's a B movie actor, and that's the movie he's making. But then he develops the superpowers as the he's shooting Twinkies. the movie. Yeah, basically, exactly. it's orgasmo without sex. It's food instead. <laughs> there could be a market for that. You <laughs> know, I just realized there because there are enough people that replace sex with food anyway. Exactly. Well, so. I think I think 25 million homes need this, Earl. 25 million homes this, this <laughs> coming this summer. Twink. Wait, no. No. Who are you? No, that doesn't send the message. Who are you casting in that? In cast, I don't, I don't I know, but that does not send Sean a message. O'Rourke is the lead. Sean O'Rourke <laughs> is Twink. 
we notice that I make no comment whatsoever as, as I look forward to working with Sean. <laughs> <laughs> in the future. I have no, I don't right now. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you haven't you haven't been to the same parties I have with him. <laughs> <laughs> None that I'm admitting to. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's so that would be one way to do it. So yeah, <laughs> so there you go, Rich Twink. <laughs> Twink. That concludes that. <laughs> Episode five of Stranger Things. Twink. That's <laughs> the man who talks to Twinkies. That just, I love that. You know what? You know what would be, be horrible? What's that? Going to a gas station is like, like touring like Angola. Because you, you go into the gas station and all you hear is, Let me out! Let me out! Oh, God! They're coming! <laughs> It would be horrible. It would, you, you'd see this dude in tears just at the gas station, and the guy at the front's like, do you want to pay for gas? <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. No, thank you. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, those are all things that can happen. <laughs> <laughs> and see, I think this is the perfect transition to a new segment that I want to bring up. Earl, this is the Celebrity Cannibal Corner. The Celebrity I Cannibal <laughs> Corner. I want you to think of any celebrity. If you could pick one celebrity and get away with eating them, who would it be? Oh, that's such a great question. <laughs> that's that's a deeply intimate and personal question, Rich. It could say a lot about you. Uh, it could say a lot about you. Um, you know, I'd say Carrot Top, but I think he tastes funny. <laughs> um, no, nah, he doesn't taste funny. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Oh, <laughs> he tastes like steroids. Um, <laughs> I think I'm developing udders. What the hell were you on, Carrot Top? <laughs> I don't know. I was um, just having a conversation about chicken nipples at lunch. So Chicken nipples. There you go. Fantastic. I don't even know what a chicken nipple would look like. But all right. So um, The real bitch is when you have to milk them. <sighs> you want some chicken milk? <laughs> Tastes just like cow milk. Or does cow milk taste like chicken milk? Um, <laughs> okay, so who? Which celebrity would I eat? That's mm-hmm. a really hard question. See, the easy answer would be like somebody like Michael Moore, but I think that'd be a little too fatty. No, I think it'd be all fatty. Yeah, that's. I, yeah. I was almost like wanting to. Have, I already was thinking that. I was like, no, you you want to go for somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger, circa nineteen eighty five. Well, but see, that's all muscle. That would be a little tough, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you want somebody who's kind of in the middle? Well, what's the meat, though? Yeah. On a cow, what's the meat? The meat is the muscle, right? <sighs> yeah, I guess so. So, yeah, you got to look at somebody who's, like, really, really, you know, toned. Yeah, but if they're too buff, then it, I think it's a little too tough. A little too tough? Yeah. <laughs> if you're too buff, it's too tough. <laughs> Celebrity cannibals. Um, see, I think maybe, like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger about, you know, just before he gets a movie role would probably mm-hmm. be good because that's before he's got to bulk up. Like, you know what? I don't respect my heart or my or my organs. Let's let's go Paul Giamatti. That sounds like a good idea. Ah, uh, now see, Paul Giamatti would be good because he's got just enough muscle that it'd uh-huh. be tasty and just enough yeah, fat to add extra flavor. He's got just enough muscle that he doesn't need the handicapped entrance. <laughs> but I mean, is that what you're saying, Rich? I mean, I'm not saying that, but I sort of hear that's right. He's got just enough muscle that he's not technically incapacitated. No, no. He... <laughs> and the funny thing is, is of all the celebrities we've been mentioning, I, Paul Giamatti is the one that I could see playing some kind of character that's just walking in like a cow sort of um, slaughterhouse line and just sort of griping about the existentialism of it. 
<laughs> I can't believe I've got to walk down this thing. Why didn't my mother love me more? <laughs> exactly. Giamatti burgers. <laughs> See, that's why you were thinking about it. You were thinking of the mar- the potential marketing for that's where a Giamatti I go, burger. Sir. That's where my mind goes. A Giamatti burger. Well, you know what? Actually, Twinkies are made of animal protein, so you could have a Twinkie made of Paul Giamatti if you mm-hmm. wanted to. You see, are you saying you want Paul Giamatti's Twinkie? Well, you're the one offering up celebrities as dishes. I'm just giving you options here, sir. I'm giving, trying to give you a menu, a palette, if you will. Hmm. Because, yeah, you know, all the creams and stuff are made of animal proteins. So oh, that's true. You that's could true. have a really whiny existentialist uh, Twinkie. Yeah, but if it, it would it be one of those things like where you ingest the soul, like like they used to believe that if you kill your enemy and then ingest part of them, whether it's the blood or their, their body, that you actually gain their superpowers or their strength. <laughs> this must have been for a special tribe somewhere in the West where they where they had superpowers. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, that you get their essence and he stuff like that. He can talk to Twinkies. So. I need to have that. Because <laughs> I would imagine if you were to eat somebody like, uh, say, Richard Lewis or uh, Lewis Black, that you would just get their insecurities and neuroses, not really uh-huh. anything else. <laughs> like so, so basically, this would be the only Twinkie where it doesn't actually make you fat. It just makes you think you're fat. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I totally understand that. Nice. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so who would I pick? So you go with Paul Giamatti. I think I'm that's thinking a initially Paul Giamatti, you See, know? I'm, or you know what? You know who would be even better? William that? H. Macy. William H. Macy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not a lot of meat on his bones, though. Uh, but that's I'm trying to cut back. Hmm. Trying not to true. cut back. Just true. enough to put in the freezer for later hmm. is what I would say. All <laughs> right, so who would you do? Who would you do? I would. I would probably pick somebody like Jack Black. Because he's Ooh. got just enough, you know, he's got enough fat on him that it would, like I said, it would flavor the meat. But it would, but there's enough meat on his bones to actually have a pretty good sized meal. That's true. I mean, the other thing is that when you realize, like, when you order a hamburger, you're not getting the whole cow. There's not a cow the size of a hamburger. It's a very large cow. So when <laughs> you get a person. Cows. <laughs> Like what's are, are they like like Shetland cows or something? That's exactly right. They're just that size, <laughs> and you just literally, you know, the ones who live dangerously just literally just hit them on the head and then put a bun around them. <laughs> um, that's called a Dagwood hamburger. Anyway, no, <laughs> the um, the thing is, you know, so when you if you were to kill a human, mm-hmm. let's get grizzly, there'd be plenty of meat, no matter who it is. I mean, you know, so you could, you could, oh, okay, here's the thing, you could make hamburger out of just, like, somebody's butt, and they'd still survive. So there's plenty of meat there. Well, it depends on who it is. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Calista Flockhart, she would, <laughs> she would instantly, she would just keel over. I mean, she, she's so carefully balanced. <laughs> she's counterbalanced with just a little bit of lips and ass, and that's the only thing that keeps her afloat. Oh, 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 I heard she's playing Skeletor in the new uh, He-Man movie. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was Glenn Close. Um, <laughs> Glenn Close can play anybody. Uh, <laughs> I won an Oscar, and now I'm trying to steal the power of Grayskull. I mean, really? I mean, <laughs> oddly, I can enough. just see her on the set, like Michael Mann directing. I don't understand, Michael. I'm okay. So I want the power of Grayskull. Did the power of Grayskull rape me as a child? Why do I want it? <laughs> Am I trying to steal its yeah, fur exactly, to make a coat exactly of many right. colors? I don't. What? I just. Mm. Oddly enough, they've cast Paul Giamatti as Tila. 
they would cast Paul Giamatti. He, he has that kind of range. A lot of people don't know that. And you they, want to wipe yeah, him off the face of the Originally, he, in the beginning, you know, of course, I believe they got uh, uh, Laura Linney to play his wife in John Adams. Really? Originally, original casting, Paul Giamatti playing both John Adams and his wife. <laughs> I, I thought it was Eddie Murphy. <laughs> no, Eddie Murphy was playing the canon. <laughs> actually. That's that's who he was playing. He was originally cast to the canon from the beginning. Then he had to go do Shrek 9. <laughs> and uh, they couldn't do that. So that's unfortunate. Shrek 9, the quickening. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> there can be only one more. There can only be one waffle. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the last Shrek movie, by the way? Um, Shrek the third. Out of all of the Shrek movies I have not seen, I thought it was the best. I say that okay. only because haven't I haven't seen, seen the, the third movie? one. I haven't seen the third one yet. I've seen the other oh, two, okay. but I haven't seen uh, the the third one yet. The thing that I keep liking <clears throat> about the Shrek movies is that I keep the first one was great. I love that one, mm-hmm. but then every sequel after, I keep coming into it like, okay, this is not really going to be, you know, and. Although they kind of do drop a little bit in quality one to the next, mm-hmm. they're still pretty good. And I got to hand it to the people who are putting them together. They are they are doing a good job yeah. because it still delivers something fun and uh, interesting each time. And they don't and they don't just I mean of course they still have sort of these embedded messages and but they do it in such a sincere way that it's not quite as bad as you know yeah. say say another set of sequels. Now, I've I've always enjoyed them. The only thing that I didn't like about them was the fact that they were basically so pop culture based, almost all of the humor, which mm-hmm. I really, I mean, I love jokes like that on a show like Saturday yeah, are Night you, Live are you arguing or something about like that. Because <laughs> doing it, a show it, that's pop culture based, Rich, yeah, I'm just curious. It, well, uh, I mean, it, it cuts the timeless quality of it. You know, you see these welcome movies. Welcome to Requiem of the Outcast. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. And see, that's just it. It's like, you know, once our episodes are out, you know, they, they have some re-listenability. But people can come back a year later and still dig it. The problem is, is that <clears throat> after a few years, you know, hey, each of our episodes have a shelf life. I honestly, truly believe that. I think a lot of our jokes are funny and stuff, and people can get a lot of, uh, you know, get out of a lot out of that. But with the Shrek movies, is that they're so rooted in like the current pop culture that in almost ten years' time, they become irrelevant. Do you think so? I mean, like, like, give me an example because I mean, I, I don't see them doing like a lot of Paris Hilton humor or something. I mean, I don't. Where, um, where, where are they doing that? I can't think of any off the top of my head because it's been I you just know easily to make like a two years. Statement is completely <laughs> insupportable. No, 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 no. Because I remember watching them and, and having that take on them, uh, which is one of the reasons why I'm not really in any rush to see the third one. Uh, they, uh, it's just a lot of the jokes just. I, I don't know. I mean, I, because I can't pull any uh, examples to mind right at this moment because it has mm-hmm. been like two years since I've seen any of them. I, I will say this. You should at least see the third one just so you can hate on Justin Timberlake for his talent. Oh, I can do that now. I mean, it's really <laughs> disturbing. Truly disturbing. Uh, we were, My brother and I were watching it, and we're not Justin Timberlake fans by any stretch. Not that we don't like him. We just don't care. But we're watching this movie, and he's you know he's given this performance and all this stuff. And whenever you hear them putting a music or a musician in a movie, you're always like, okay, well they're just trying to get the gr- the grosses up or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's really that good. <laughs> like he does sell it. I'm not saying it's perfect by any stretch, but he does so much better than you think he would do. Uh it's it's good. It's really good. Yeah. 
So anyway, that's that's worth it if you really want to hate on somebody. Watch Shrek three. They, I don't know why they didn't pitch it like that. <laughs> like like just have have a whole uh, PR campaign where it's just like watch Shrek three. Justin Timberlake isn't he just fucking good? God, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, and that douchebag, yeah, Justin that Timberlake. douchebag, idiot savant, <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Well, he's done good in a few things from what I've heard. I haven't personally seen them in the, seen him in those, but hey. Throw banana at monkey, monkey dance for you. <laughs> Justin Timberlake, the new concert series. <laughs> That's what I'll call it. By the way, uh, did you ever get to see uh, whatever that <laughs> Austin Powers, the Love Guru? Did you get to see that one? You know, no, I have not seen that because I'm like you and the rest of America. Rich. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, I mean, it does definitely appear as Austin Powers light. Oh, God, yeah, Austin. It appears like Austin Powers Bollywood style. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, I think it's going to be one of those movies that has a lot of funny moments. But I don't foresee the movie being particularly entertaining overall. I'll, I'll give you an interesting example. A friend of mine and I, when we were watching uh, Batman last night, you know they do the sort of little screen trivias uh, beforehand for the movie? Like, in the Batcave? <laughs> in the Batcave, Batman's <laughs> like, who was the woman that won the Oscar for... That's the Damn secret stop throwing up. Um, That's the secret code to access the Batcave. <laughs> exactly here. right. I'll say, who is Estelle Getty? I'm <laughs> sorry. You formed that in the form of a question. No. Well, actually, um, wait, wait. I've got a question. Um, you know, I'm wondering is, does he use a Bat PC or a Bat Mac? Anyway, good. Bat PC or Bat Mac? No, he actually just has Justin Long and John Hodgman right there working <laughs> for him in chains. What a, what a crime-fighting duo that would be. <laughs> they are the, actually, in the industry, they are the dynamic duo. It's Batman and the dynamic duo. Hi, and I'm a Mac. I'm a PC. I'm Batman. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> I'm Patrick Bateman. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> kids, if Hold you haven't yet, calls. go see American Psycho. Fucking yes, phenomenal movie. Has anyone ever considered the absolute genius of Phil Collins in his early work? <laughs> I can actually... I haven't heard his voice in a while, but I've got the uh, American Psycho soundtrack, and I've been able to do his voice from the little sound bites they have in the movie. Okay, so what do you got? But the problem is I don't have any of this dialogue. Hold on. Let me see if I can pull some up on what, the internet. What can you do from the little bits, the audio bits? <laughs> well, no, that's the problem. Is I can't remember any of the dialogue, so let me, um, let me pull some uh, how up. How about while. You're Going to Die? You're Going to Die. See, it's been a while. <clears throat> Hold on. Well, while you work on that, let me tell you this. Uh, okay. So we were, so we were uh, speaking of the love guru. We were watching uh, the the screen vision, you know, trailer teaser questionnaire things. A friend of mine turns to me and says, "You know what's wrong with Mike Myers?" I said, "What's that?" He said, "He kills people." But you know what's wrong with Michael Myers? I said, "What's that?" He said, "He does the same joke over and over again." He has this one joke. It's in every movie. I said, "What joke is that?" He says, "There's always someone with some kind of physical condition." Or visual uh, distraction on their body, some sort of physical deformity, uh-huh. and he has to pretend he doesn't notice, and then he says it in the st- in the phrase. So, uh, do you remember in Wayne's World two? There's the dude with the weird eye. Oh, that's right. I'd give my right eye. Yeah, which that's actually Kevin Pollock. Exactly right. 
Um, they did it in Austin Powers 2 with the Molly, mole. Molly, 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 Exactly which, right. Which was uh, uh, Fred. Exactly. And then in, in uh, uh, obviously, uh, the love guru, he's sitting there going, you know, what's your gnome name? That kind of thing. I mean, it's just, oh. it's like, okay, we get that joke. That's ha ha ha. You know I mean? Like, as soon as you see like a six foot tall woman with with huge ears walking by, you just know yeah. that he's getting ready for this joke. So Yeah, but in the most popular of the movies, that he doesn't do those jokes. Wayne's World 1, he doesn't do it. Um, he doesn't do it in the original Austin Powers. Are you sure? Does he? Well, I mean, he's got his bad teeth in the original Austin Powers, but that's more of a joke on him. But he's not like right. But I mean, but but that whole joke of like trying of not to say about right, not trying not to speak of this per you know this person's deformity that doesn't happen in Austin Powers. Are you sure? Uh-huh. I'd like to to check and see if that is true because uh, it just it was just interesting because they raised the point and I thought oh well that's that's very interesting. But um, but yes, so all that's true. Okay, so now Christian Christian Bale as uh, Patrick Bateman. Okay, I'm going to see if I can... <clears throat> I'll tell you what, do me one better. Can you do Christian Bale as Jason Bateman? As J- <laughs> I would need some Jason B- Bateman dialogue. <laughs> Hancock! By the way, okay, before we go any further, I can't believe I haven't brought this up. Hancock, did you see it? No. I, I Dude, I, I have three kids, I work two jobs, not okay, to mention well, let me, uh, let all me the other stuff. Okay, let me ruin it for yeah, you so that it doesn't ruin you instead. I don't get to go to the pictures. <laughs> let me tell you this, okay? First of all, just so you have a bit of history, Hancock was originally based off a script called Tonight He Comes. So they're like, hmm, we need to move away from a sexually suggestive title. Let's choose Hancock. (laughs) Well, they removed the D at least. (laughs) Exactly right. It was originally Um, called Hand Penis. (laughs) They're like, that's not going to work. (laughs) Hand Solo. Oh, that's a different meaning. (laughs) Penis Solo. Anyway. Penis Solo. Penis uh, Cock. Damn it. (laughs) It's a summer movie. Summercock. No, Shuttlecock. <laughs> it's not a tennis movie. Okay, anyway. The point is, um, you, you watch this movie and it's rough. It's really rough. It's it's it was interesting to me because they had every single element of what could be a fantastic summer movie and completely blew it. I mean like how do you how do you not like Will Smith, right? Are there people who, I mean, obviously there are people who don't like Will Smith, but I'd wager a lot of them don't like Will Smith because other people do like Will Smith. <laughs> but in and of himself, Will Smith is not unlikable. You know, you're not like, God, he's such an asshole, Will Smith. True. You might say he's a Scientologist, but that's another story. Um, he and, is? By the way, oh, I love right. the fact that he's totally dodging that issue. Because <laughs> I think Will Smith is a Scientologist. Yeah, well, you know, I like to have a career. <laughs> exactly. He's just like, he's looking at Tom Cruise going, I'm not stupid. <laughs> so, you know. That crazy white boy does what he wants to do. Um, <laughs> Remember, fellow brethren in Hollywood, keep in mind the lesson of Brother Cruz. That's exactly right. That's almost like you feel like the public reaction to that would be, he's a Scientologist, but he's black. <laughs> you know, like like almost like, because like, there is that sort of weird... Uh, elitist kind of vibe coming from the Scientologist. You go, wait a minute a second. So they, they take all people, really? That's right. The only color they love is green. Oh. <laughs> so whoever has that, they're fine. Um, anyway, so the point is, though, that they've got this, they've got Will Smith in it, Charlie's Theron, uh, just, just an amazing, amazing cast. Jason Bateman was very funny. And they have this great idea, which is this irresponsible superhero. It's, it's awesome. People have already been prepped for it because they've seen Superman. I mean, there's been a lot of comic book 
uh, movies coming out lately. So they're kind of ready for something that turns the genre on its head. Mm-hmm. Totally falls through. Completely. Really? Completely. Now, it's made a whole lot of money. There's no question. And I think part of that is due to the fact that Will Smith is just a huge name. Uh-huh. And a superhero movies, you know, it's it's Will Smith as a superhero. That's cool. So everybody goes to see it. But it's not... It's not... It doesn't have any kind of staying power at all. It's just you sort of... Oh. Every, basically, almost every joke does not work. Wow. And that's embarrassing. I mean, I know you... I mean, can you really think of a Will Smith movie where every joke doesn't work? Yeah. Welcome to you Earth. Know what I mean? You know? I mean, come on. The classic exactly. one. I mean, that's... Exactly. I mean, he 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 delivers well, and you've got this guy who can deliver well, and the idea is great. You know, the directing is certainly good. It's not like it's bad directing, but it just was off from the first moment. Really? Yeah, and it was it was disturbing, sir. I don't mind telling you, it was it was it was it was, but it was interesting because we get to go. Okay, well, why didn't it work? And you know, you dig into everything, and I posted like this huge long analysis of it. In fact, if you want, I'll give it to you. We can put it up on the site because it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So that said, all right, are you ready now? Yes, I believe so. <clears throat> all right. Bait, man. Bait. <clears throat> there is an idea of a Patrick Bateman. Some kind of abstraction. But there is no real me. Only an entity. Something illusory. And though I can hide my cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable... I simply am not there. No, that's from Batman 2. Do something very good psych. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me try this. Do you like Phil Collins? See, it's a little bit tougher to do him loud because normally it's, he's just very kind of quiet. Christy, take off your robe. Listen to the... <laughs> <laughs> I have you ever watched that, that scene? You've seen that scene, right? Oh, fuck yeah. Dude, I have the movie. I watch it all the time. That's scary. But also, uh, that movie. is that is one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen. It was on TV the other day, and I, I had to watch. I, they, I first watched it when I was much they younger. Trim that movie. They did well. It was on HBO. <laughs> My name is Patrick Bateman. The movie's over. That's <laughs> all they can do. Yeah, for me, I just thought it was a movie about comparing business cards. I didn't know there was more. Like this is an incredibly stupid movie. Are they psycho about business cards? I don't get it. <laughs> it's the only clean part they could keep in there. No. Um, for me, it was uh, uh, very disturbing. I mean, you watch that thing, and it's like, good God. Especially when he's he's sitting there, and he's talking. And if you really listen to it, he has no he's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's, he's literally reading a review, almost. <laughs> it's an epic meditation on intangibility. I mean, seriously, like an epic meditation on intangibility. Mm. Invisible Touch is not about intangibility. <laughs> has he even listened to the song, or is he just going off the title? <laughs> So anyway, one of my favorite lines from that is, <laughs> "Don't just look at it, eat it." <laughs> oh God, don't say that. That's <laughs> or when he looked at the ATM machine, says, "Feed me a stray cat." Oh God, I love it. <laughs> Feed me a stray cat. Yes. Uh, by the way, there, there's a great movie coming out that's in the Psycho range. It's about Psycho, oh? called uh, Alfred Hitchcock and the Making of oh, Psycho, cool. I believe. And it's it's going to be tremendous. So anyway, go ahead. So you were saying <laughs> what was I saying? That was a long time ago. <laughs> we were we were saying. Oh yeah, we were segueing. What were we, no, <laughs> and we back were doing to the, the segue. Uh, celebrity, and then. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so you, well, you said Jack Black, oh. and I mean I think that's a, that's a fair statement. Certainly, he would keep you through the winter. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and take this moment to uh, toss in a few <laughs> trailers for some awesome stuff, some stuff our friends do. And uh, we'll be right back with talking about what's on TV. We have segues like like Hancock stops trains. <laughs> I mean, literally, it's just like, and we're going to go this other way now and collect our balls. a different age when airships ruled the sky and incredible gadgets of unimaginable power were complex creations of gears, clockworks, and latches? If so, join the crew of the HMS Astrolab for Steampunk Spectacular, a fortnightly foray into the world of gears and steam. Steampunk Spectacular is a gentleman's club for adventuresses, sky pirates, gentlemen explorers, alchemists, and steampunkers of every stripe. You can find us at www.steampunkspectacular.com. With book reviews, event announcements, interviews, and original fiction, Steampunk Spectacular is your camera obscura for the ethersphere. Sue Ellen Greenblatt is a real person, not an internet celebrity. So we've enlisted Billy Flynn and the vicar to help her tell her story. Geek Radio Daily gives me geeky news about movies, new DVD releases, even comics and gaming. Geek Radio Daily makes me feel special. Ah, yeah. Womanly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the episodes are just 15 minutes, perfect for my commute, or for just geeking out while I'm at the office. Mm. All in one concise love package. Ooh, the package, baby. Uh Uh-huh. And the best part is that it's a daily cast, so I'm always in the loop. Sometimes I listen to it out of the bath, put on little outfits. Ah! It makes me want to invite all my friends over to show how refreshed I feel. Mm, a slumber party, baby. What? That's not what I said. Get out the chocolate mousse. Duct tape. Oh, get out of here, you freaks. Geek Radio Daily. One 15-minute podcast provides 15% of the USDA-recommended daily allowance of geeky goodness. Subscribe through iTunes or visit geekradiodaily.com. And now, Christiana's Shallow Thoughts. The other day, I was thinking about that grilled cheese sandwich that had the Virgin Mary on it. You know, the one that everybody freaked out over. I was thinking how I would have reacted if it were my sandwich. Of course, the most likely scenario is that I would have just eaten it without even noticing. But let's say that I noticed, and let's even say that I believed it was an actual miracle. I think I still would have eaten it. I mean, what message could the Virgin Mary be sending if not, this is one kick-ass fracking sandwich? Any grilled cheese with the Virgin Mary's seal of approval has got to be mighty tasty. Then again, maybe she was actually staking a claim on it, like writing your name on your lunch bag before you put it in the office refrigerator. But screw that. If she wants my grilled cheese, then the least she can do is show up in person and say please. Shallowthoughts.lipson.com 206-984-9264 
Well, hello there. I'm glad you could make it. My name's Thurman, and it's good to meet you. Well, come on over and sit close to the fire. Pull up a stump. I'm going to tell you a story. Visit campfiretales.net for stories from your surrogate grandpa. Well, I said earlier that we were going to talk a little bit about uh, Middleman, which is a phenomenal show. It's on ABC Family sometime on Monday nights, but Earl hasn't had a chance to see it yet. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to save it. Now, the reason why we're going to save it for a month is not only because Earl hasn't seen it, but because it's so awesome and it's not on Fox, it'll probably still be around next month. So <laughs> we can go ahead and talk. If you're not familiar with it, check it out. Middleman, it's based on a comic by uh, Javier uh, Maximo Grillo or something like that. And... Uh, <laughs> It's basically if you mix... If you were going to make up a name, Rich, you could have made up a much more simple name than that. You didn't I, have I, to impress people. I know, exactly. But I was trying. You know, I try so hard. And I don't I, I don't think it works very well. But I'm okay. All right. Requiem of the emo. <laughs> emo of the outcast. Hey, I think you just qualified for your own comic book movie from DC, Rich. <laughs> you could be the twink. I'm, I'm emo boy. That's right. Actually, it'd probably be more like, I'm emo boy. That's right, and then he's constantly going <laughs> to get the hair out of his face. Yeah, but <laughs> but no, the uh, the middleman. It's basically as if Kevin Smith was writing The Tick, and that should be a damn good reason to go watch it. But check it out. Like I said, it's based on a, an original comic. Uh, I think it ran for about twelve issues, and the the creator writer is the creator and writer of the show as well. So the the content is. Almost identical to what's in the comic book with a few added jokes, which is nice because the guy clearly <laughs> reads. I mean, the comic is hilarious. It's funny. But, you know, the guy's just like, you know what? I can throw in an extra joke here. But uh, they're starting to get into original episodes, not just ones based on the comics. And so uh, the, the show just keeps delivering better and better and better. So make sure you check out ABC Family's The Middleman because we'll be talking about it next month. Now. For those of you who don't know, Battle uh, Doctor Who recently concluded their season phenomenally. Yes. It was a great, great run. Although I am mm-hmm. starting to get a little annoyed when they say that a uh, companion is going to die and they don't. So I'm hoping that somebody's going to die They died a little inside point. every episode, yeah. Rich. You uh, know what? You're judgmental. Well, I think there's a little bit of that, but uh, I think that uh, <laughs> they're probably setting us up like, okay, we haven't convinced them that they're going to die, but guess what? This time they will, and that's the hope. But... More importantly, BSG has kind of gone on a hiatus, which is such a shame because the show itself is going really good. And if you haven't watched it, we're going to drop a couple spoilers here and there. So go out and watch it. And there is your spoiler warning. Well, they end up getting to Earth. Now, sadly enough, it wasn't in 1980 like I was hoping. But when they show (laughs) up, there's this ginormous, uh, basically some kind of nuclear war has happened on the planet. We don't know who caused it, whether it was us or if the Cylons beat them to it. But all we know is that the Earth is decimated. And I was actually kind of hoping that they'd pan the camera over to the Statue of Liberty and Adama drops to his knees and, you destroyed it! Come! You damn dirty Cylons! Or exactly. had a tie over on the side saying, oh, we've got to clean the place up now. Come on, everybody. Do your damn job. But it didn't happen. And all we know is that they are there. There's about anywhere from five to ten new episodes coming. And there's something a little bit more special coming. And that's a spinoff yes. show. 
And no, yes. it's not a Galactica 1980. It's actually cool a show that called would be. Caprica, which is going to be dealing, I yes. guess, with the political rising it's of a, the it's Adama a family it's a and another story. family. Exactly right. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Because I heard that you've gotten a little sneak info I have, about some I have actually, things. yes, I have, I, have, I have seen advanced bits of the, of the script. And it's very good, first of all. I mean, like, you, you sort of see the show and you say, yeah, these guys are quite good. But when you really read the script, you realize just how much is on the page and how much these guys really put into it. Um, it's good. Uh, it does deal with uh, the, the sort of the beginnings. It sort of sets the groundwork for Battlestar Galactica. I'm hesitant to say too much because there's some things that are sort of taken for granted in the script, but I'm not sure whether or not they're intended to be obvious, sure, everyone knows it, or if it's more that they're, this is sort of supposed to be revelations that people are not even knowing about yet. So I don't want to say too much on that level, but I can tell you that it does deal with sort of setting the groundwork for Battlestar Galactica, and it is not the suck. So it's it will not be the episode one of BSG. It's really quite good. <laughs> because of course we are dealing with a television prequel. Exactly. It's, and that is but it will be quite good. There is no Jar Jar Binks that I saw, however, of course they're still working on it, so so we may see something of that nature. I later, was kind of I, hoping I for a Cylon Jar Jar. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> they just these wires are crossed. What the hell's wrong with this guy? <laughs> he, but yeah, so it's quite Jar good. Jar is the fifth Cylon. <laughs> so hey, so that's the question. What are the chances that they will reveal the fifth Cylon? Because that's still up in the air on uh, Galactica or um, uh, yeah, on BSG. Will they maybe reveal it in Caprica? I could tell you. But <laughs> oh, have I just stumbled but, upon something? But no, I mean, I, like I, I could confirm that or deny it, but but I can neither confirm nor deny because obviously you, you should see the series. I mean, who wants spoilers for that? You oh know what wow! I mean? so. so you're either you know tempting us and BSing us, or so it could either be nothing. So I'm, I'm I'm not I'm neither confirming nor denying. It could be in there or maybe not be in there. <laughs> I shall say nothing. I haven't read the last ten pages. I'll be honest. No, I just, <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Uh, sincerely though, that's that's I, I definitely think that's something that needs to be left to. Uh, for people to find out on their own. Oh, fair enough. But don't get your hopes up. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm just saying don't don't listen to this and be like, oh, Earl said it's going to be in there. And I'm not saying either well, way. Well, I'm saying that. I'm saying that Earl is saying. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to. Earl Newton. Okay, so yes, no, but it's, it is good. And uh, definitely when it comes out, you guys need to be checking that out. That'll be quite good. Well, one cool thing that uh, BSG did in between one of their seasons was they were releasing webisodes online to kind of link the various episodes together in between seasons. That's a really good idea, Rich. Which is a fantastic idea. I mean, uh, those of us who are you know independent creators online. Oh, sci-fi webisodes? Yeah, that's what they did. They were original content. Um, bef- I think it was before they left New Caprica after it had been captured and it was just some of the little things on how they were able to escape and set things up and whatnot sure but there has been somebody else who has been using and utilizing the internet as a possible uh way of conveying information and that would be mr joss whedon now he uh two of his brothers and somebody else came up with a bright idea during the writer strike of hey i wonder if we can use the internet to somehow circumvent all this BS that we're having to go through with this strike. And so they created Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. Now, sadly, by the time that you guys are hearing this, it's gone. Editor's note, actually, they are still available on iTunes for purchase. The free version was reinstated for a short time after the announcement of a potential sequel lore series at Comic-Con. It may still be there at this moment. 
Yes. Because the episode the episodes dropped uh, last Tuesday, Thursday, and yesterday, but they are going offline today. Really? Um, I was under the impression that they would keep the episodes up there for free for a week, but uh, they didn't. The the entire run of it only lasted a week or less than a week. Oh my god! So wait a minute. So is the is the last piece already gone or is it not gone yet? Um, the website. Let me just check right here. I believe should be still up until the end of today. The episodes appear oh, to be to there. I haven't seen today. the third act yet. Um, need, they were the hosted act. by Hulu, so you might be able to track them down on Hulu. <laughs> but uh, Hulu.com, yeah. which is where a lot of the uh, networks have actually been hosting um, their episodes and whatnot. So that's kind of a show that somebody was supporting Joss, which was very cool, besides us fans. But the uh, the show itself is a little bit of hilarity. It's got Neil Patrick Harris's Dr. Horrible. Sure. It's got Nathan Fillion as uh, Captain Hammer, the arrogant superhero. And we've got uh, Felicia Day, <clears throat> who is star of The Guild. And I think a few other podcasts. She's uh, one of the heavy hitters over at Mahalo. And um, she plays Penny, the love interest of Dr. Horrible, who, of course, is this very nerdy guy. He's just he's trying to get into the evil League of Evil. And Captain Hammer is constantly thwarting him. But he's fallen in love with this girl, Penny, but he doesn't have the nerve to talk to her. And when he finally does get to talk to her, it's because Captain Hammer stops a heist that uh, he was committing to try to get into the Evil League of Evil. And mm-hmm. the when he destroys the remote control on the vehicle, it almost plows into her. But fortunately, Dr. Horrible was able to regain control, stop it just before it hit her. Now, of course, but of course, Captain Hammer gets all exactly. And, you know, he's just like, hey, here's a cute chick. I think I'm going to get some payback, you know, for saving her life. It is awesome to see Nathan Fillion doing that. By the way, It is. He, is. he doesn't get to play asshole very often. And it looked like he had so much fun with it. Yeah. And it, it's just overall, the whole thing is well done and, and, and singing and just the, it's, it's to me, it kind of felt like a music. I mean, like it, like. Okay, the theater had musicals, and then movies had action movies. They were the big spectacles that drew people to it. It's like, oh my god, the internet has their own spectacle now. Because <laughs> we didn't have spectacle before. <laughs> <laughs> well, there weren't too many serious. musicals that were produced specifically for online. That's for sure. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was hilarious. The music was fantastic. Uh, really catchy beats. Um, if you look in the right places, you can find some MP3 rips of them. And actually, after the show goes offline, if you do uh, some clever searches, you can also find um, the episodes available uh, for download. But the key to this is that they want to prove that, like I said, that the Internet is a viable distribution method. So even though they're taking the episodes offline today, there will be a DVD available down the yes. road. Now, I don't know how long it's going to be in the iTunes Music Store because that was one way that you could purchase. You could purchase each individual episode or get a season pass uh, for $4. I think each episode was $2. But right. if you do find any free copies of them out there, please, when it becomes available, the soundtrack, the the episodes, buy the DVD because this is, yes. this is kind of one of our shots 
even though it's a you know a Hollywood guy who's uh, showing the world, and there have been a lot of other people who have tried this method of putting you know, episodes out for a short amount of time and then uh, releasing them on DVD to try to you know recoup their costs and stuff like that. But we needed somebody that was very high profile. And let's face it, it doesn't get much more high profile than Joss Whedon. Amen. And so he, with him trying to do this, uh, we've got an opportunity to prove to the world that good content can be made and released online. Hell, Earl, you're doing that on a six-month basis. But the, th- <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that, uh, that, that we really need to support uh, not only Josh showing that, you know, hey, his fans will, you know, he makes something, we'll go watch it. But also showing that the 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 medium, the delivery vehicle works. Exactly. But so no, I'm I'm behind it. I think that, you know definitely as uh, the whole idea of pirating movies and stuff can only last so long mm. because the more we pirate, the less they're going to be able to make stuff. And I know that seems so establishment to say that, but it's the real truth. If you really like something, you should support it. And a lot of people do. I mean, I think that's the other illusion is that people who pirate things don't support the movies and things that they're into, and I completely disagree with that. Many of the people I know will go out and buy extra copies of DVDs. They'll go out and buy all this merchandise, even though they pirated it. I mean, look at the Doctor Who situation, for goodness Mm -hmm. sakes. Everybody who's downloading Doctor Who is not going to buy the DVDs, but most will, because they like Doctor Who. They wouldn't. They wouldn't pirate it, except no one will give it to them when they want it. Well, there's a caveat to that because, unfortunately, Doctor Who, since it's imported all the way from uh, Britannia, that it's the DVDs. A single season DVD is going to be almost a hundred dollars, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. And that's how is that? I, it's it's anywhere between eighty and ninety dollars that you can get it at Best Buy, the Region One disc. They charge up the butt for Doctor Who, but then you get something like Spaced which is something that people have been just begging for a region one disc that was just released and you get it on Best Buy for 30 bucks or on See, Amazon I think for 30 if, bucks. I think if you go any higher than $60 for a season DVD, you're, you're mad. Exactly. And there are some things that, yeah, I'm sorry, Dr. Who, I, I download the episodes before they come out and you know, if the DVDs were, were just a bit cheaper, I'd buy them because I love all those extras because we don't get the extras. I mean, hell, I remember when you were saying that uh, you felt that Joss was dropping uh, doc, uh, was dropping Firefly <laughs> before the movie out yeah. in the torrent field so people would actually download the episodes, see the episodes, get turned on to the show and the movie. But then, you know, you still have to go get the DVD for all the extras. Right. But – you know, the, the the trick is is that you've got to get people hooked and whatnot, and unless they can actually access the show, they're not going to. And Sci-Fi Channel's been releasing the episodes, sure, but you don't, you know, they're, they're a few weeks behind, and I can understand that. So, you know, uh, Britain gets them before we do. But not anymore. I mean, we literally, it's it's the next day for most people. Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's you know just I mean? because there, we there download There are places we know? can do that. Exactly, but that's what I mean is that I think that uh, one thing that certainly needs to be taken into consideration from the BBC and everybody else is we're in a global community Mm -hmm. now with the internet. So you can't say, oh, well, Doctor Who's available in England, but nowhere else for a couple of weeks. Well, Mm -hmm. sorry, people in England have already – people in England already have the technology to transfer it to a global media. They (laughs) do? So – you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I know. It just got there yesterday. Um, They're still unpacking the box. But it's internet. It's in the it's, box. It, oh my! It's internet. In What's the in the box, man? Um, What's in the box? It's the internet. 
It's the internet. <laughs> it's the tubes. Wait, hold on. Let me move Gwyneth Paltrow's head. Oh, it's the internet. <laughs> oh my God! What the hell is Gwyneth Paltrow's? Head? Gwyneth Paltrow's trying to take credit for the internet. Oh wait, it's Gal. It's Al Gore's. Cre- it's Al Gore's business you card. Said what the Gallagher. hell? <laughs> Gallagher and Gwyneth Paltrow's head. It's an image you don't want to think about. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Don't want to be in the splash section for that day, unless you're a celebrity cannibal, such as Rich Secret. And then that really stops being a Gallagher show and more becomes Iron Chef. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to... What's the secret ingredient? Duh, 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 duh. Human heads. Like, oh, shit. That's no good. I, um... <laughs> That's right. Today's secret ingredient is Jack Black. <laughs> Can you, would you ever eat anything that had Jack Black sauce Ooh, on it? Oh, I Jack's, why does he not have Jack's Black sauce and it be like some kind of a barbecue sauce? Why has he not thought of that? A white and creamy barbecue sauce. Oh, see, no, sir. See, they would, and they would never sell. But people would buy, well, it would sell, no one would eat it. I, <laughs> They'd be like, I got Jack Black sauce. True. I think, I think if it was more under the uh, Tenacious D product line. <laughs> tenacious d barbecue sauce tenacious d because that's the sauce. market he's trying to Why hit not? we've got radio show uh syndicated radio shows that have their own barbecue sauce and bottled waters like who john boy and billy syndicated throughout the entire south okay if if either of your hosts is named john boy you automatically qualify for barbecue <laughs> sauce fair enough okay <laughs> but, <laughs> but i don't necessarily know if jack black if Jack Black had his own line of liquor, yeah, true, or perhaps uh, male br- uh, undergarments like bras, I'd believe that. I think tidy whities he would probably go for, but that's just from he, that would be what it has to be. You have to have Jack Black tidy whities, yeah, totally. Well, because that's what he wore that and a, a keyboard across his chest and a uh, monitor on his head for Computer Man. You know, it still blows my mind that he is one of the biggest stars in the world right now, and he's also a computer man. It is a little odd, isn't it? There isn't that much footage of quote-unquote huge celebrities doing amateur random, you know I mean? There's nothing of Denzel Washington being Superman when he was 23, you know what I mean? There's, they don't have that stuff around, so the fact that you kind of get that is pretty cool. True, true. We should find out who is the most famous person to ever be in a fan film. No, we shouldn't. Oh. That would be entirely too much work, and I don't know if I yeah, really care that so. much. But it's a good idea. Someone else, yeah, find out. Else, find us out. Let us know. We'll give you a prize. I don't know. In a fan film? Uh, yeah, I don't really think I, so. It would probably have to be one of those Star Trek ones, because didn't they oh, actually yeah. get some yeah, Star they Trek did, people? They did get like George Takai and, and uh, Sulu. <laughs> George Takai. And, <laughs> yeah, or uh, Chekhov. Yes. Who played Chekhov? Uh, Koenig. Walter Koenig. Which I met Chekhov in real life. Walter Koenig, yeah, I, I met him in real yeah. life. Oh, there we go. You know, his son played uh, the Joker in Batman Dead End. There you go. But I still think that but George Takai would probably be more famous than Walter Koenig's Are son. you sure? Because Walter Koenig's son also played um, played Boner on uh, Growing Pains. So are you sure about that? Okay. Sulu or Boner. <laughs> I don't think there's a competition. Yeah, good point. Only because it's like, okay, well, you show them a picture of Boner, <laughs> or you show them a picture of Sulu, more people are going to recognize Sulu. Although I think Sulu would probably recognize Boner more, because <laughs> he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was terribly homophobic of me, and I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, they probably wouldn't recognize him as Sulu. They'd probably be like, hey, what's the gay dude from Howard Stern doing on <laughs> Star Trek? Ah, 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 ah. 
<laughs> that was my Sulu laugh. That was not a good no, laugh. But good job. Good try. Good try. Good effort. Good effort, everybody. So, yes, all of this is true. Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog is the place to go, and other things as well. Yes, and that is available at drhorrible.com. That's D rhorrible.com Neil Patrick Harris has obviously got he's got a, a great voice because I mean he's done cabaret he did rent for a while um, he's got a great voice Nathan Fillion's got a good voice and Felicia Day's got a beautiful voice so it's it's just a lot of fun it's you know the quirky musicals but it's also about an evil genius trying to get into the evil league of evil do you need any more than that I don't also it's Joss Whedon do you need more than that Damn it, I said I didn't need more than that before. Yeah, but see, then there's also... Oh, I'm sorry, you were agreeing with me. Okay. I am agreeing. <laughs> Stop selling me, Rich. I'm trying to watch the third act. But, uh, but yeah, and, and it's funny lines. You'll end up quoting it, singing the songs. Check it out. drhorrible, drhorrible.com. That's it. Now, our final segment of the evening is fan mail. Now, of course, last week we... Or last month we read a letter from Dr. John Smarr. And That's this right. week, we've got another web celebrity. We have got Terry, who is better known as the Flinstress from the occasional episode of GRD Weekly. And of course, if we know oh her, yes. yeah. and of course, if you've seen her in a con, <laughs> you'll recognize her. Oh, yeah, Flynn. I said it. Um, so <laughs> um, this, of course, Billy Flynn's lovely wife. Um, and of course, you can check her out occasionally um, at geekradiodaily.com. But her email, which is addressed to me, but I'm reading it on the show. Fantastic. Also, by the way, uh, Flintstress, be aware, your husband believes I am man candy, and he is right. That is true. He has referred to you as man candy on GRD, which means that, of course, since it was on the internet, it must be true. That's right. There you go. So, the letter. Hey, PRS. It's Flintstress from Geek Radio Daily. Well, sort of from GRD, since I've guest hosted on a show or two. Well, you know what I mean. I just finished listening to your most recent episode of Roto version four, which of course was episode 10. I have a lot more time for podcasts and potty books now that I'm off for the summer. You and Earl are hilarious. Not that I didn't know that already. Oscar the Gimp and you said Steven Spielberg raped our childhood. I may never look at Sesame Street the same way again. And y'all, but it's okay because he raped it with walkie-talkies, not guns, so it's okay. <laughs> exactly, it's not as wild as it yeah, could be. It's still a little disturbing. And y'all were talking about Indiana Jones surviving the nuclear blast. I've started to hear people use the term "nuking the fridge" instead of jumping the shark for the moment when a story just <laughs> goes beyond belief and loses its core. <laughs> and that happened within the first ten minutes of the movie, <laughs> <laughs> and the first ten minutes of this episode. Balticon was so much fun. I've read Playing for Keeps, and I'm working on Moravi right now. And it's surreal to think I actually met Mer Lafferty and T. Morris. I plan to hit the works of all the wonderful people I met, but I agree with you. I don't like to read a pod or listen to a patio book until it's completed. I have enough weekly frustration with TV shows like Lost and Battlestar Galactica when they're on. I like instant gratification, although there is something to be said for delayed. I'm sure you get my meaning. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. That was for me. Um, (laughs) No, nothing untowards. We've just had some fun conversations. (laughs) Move on. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I know you uh, you are super busy literally supporting much of the podcasting world, including GRD. Thanks for helping to introduce me to this wonderful world of people and fiction. I'm sure your summer is busy preparing for Dragon Con, etc. 
But yes, and that I believe is also uh, directed to you, sir, because of course, you know, the various things that we talk about, whether it's the patio books or the shows that we like or things that we're into, and especially, you know, getting to hang out at cons and making sure that any new members uh, meet all of the old members is always fun right. because, hey, you know, we get a chance to see these people and learn about all kinds of new cool shit that we all dig. So that's one of the cool things mm-hmm. about cons. So Flinstress, thank you very much for emailing in. We 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 really enjoy getting these because you know hey uh, comments are few and far between so when we hear these it makes us feel good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't be I got emo, happy. Rich. Don't be I'm so happy. That was that was the most upbeat emo I've ever heard. <laughs> hey, you know whenever anybody talks to us, that's always nice. <laughs> Golly, Mickey! I just like people to know that we appreciate them. <laughs> I know it's like he's eornit, folks. He's eornit right now. Nail your tail back on. We got to wrap the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine then. You you handle the closing then, Earl. I will handle the closing. Today's broadcast has been brought to you by the letter D. Do with you that letter what you will. It's open to anything. It's over eighteen, and the safe word is buzz off. Wait, wouldn't the safe word be something that starts with a D? No, obviously <laughs> not. Because then, if you call out his name, they stop immediately. That doesn't make sense at all. You haven't thought this no. through, Rich. Clearly. Today's show has been brought to you by Rich Siegfried and Earl Newton. You can reach us at requi- or was it rotooutcast at gmail.com or for me, Earl at strangerthings.tv. Visit the website, outcastmultimedia.com, for all the awesomeness here, there, and everywhere else, which is where Rich spends most of his time. I'm Earl Newton. Goodbye. And I'm Podcasting's Rich Siegfried. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget, later on this month, you'll see some original content that was probably recorded anywhere from two to three years ago. And following that, at the first of each and every month, Earl and I bring you some new funny. Exactly. Do you notice that, like, as soon as you switched it, you took it over, it turned into, like, easy listening radio right yeah, there? Yeah, it did a little bit. I and by that. the way, coming up on five after the hour, we're going to be doing a little funny <laughs> with Rich Sigrid and... Wait, you want me to go, like, radio, like, like morning zoo, like, <laughs> time for some wacky. That's GRD radio right there. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm the vicar. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, they are so, they have their own pace. It's really fun to listen to them because they are so radio in, in a good way. But they, I mean, literally, like, they are just tried and true. I mean, they do it for a living. So yeah. it's that, I mean, that is job. what they do, and that's why they sound that way. But it's just so <laughs> professional, yeah, I guess is the word I want to use. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but it's still a good show. Check him out, geekradiodaily.com. No, I am, after all, the patron saint of GRD Radio. Way to go for you, Rich. I am not the patron saint of Geek Radio, but I am their man candy. <laughs> I think that deserves an award. On that note, I'm out. <laughs> Roto. Less structure. Less restrictions. More comedy. More absurdity. More often. Requiem off the outcast.com. <laughs>